You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about this and that. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of This and That, coming to you from Podcast Land Studio, are your co-hosts, Brenda, also known as Miss Bren Bren. And this is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor. It's May 25th, 2019, and we welcome you to our 17th edition of This and That. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us yet again. We appreciate your continuing to come back and listen to us, or if this this is your first time, don't make it your last. Absolutely. This is a very eclectic podcast, as we like to say. We talk about everything that's anything during our podcast. This is our Memorial Day tribute, so that will be the theme running throughout. And we would like to give a shout out to everybody that's listening, including those listening in the U.S. locations of Detroit, Michigan, Charlotte, North Carolina, Short Hills, New Jersey, Fairmont, West Virginia, and for those listening overseas, thank you again for listening to us, including those in Calgary, Canada, and Hamm, Germany. Now, David, how do folks listen to us? Because we are getting more and more listeners to this and that. Where can folks listen? Well, they can find the podcast at our home base at SoundCloud. We're also available on iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcast. Also, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and... Folks can also listen to the podcast through Alexa voice-assisted devices. And for those who are listening to us, you will also know that if you have comments or questions, you can always email us. And where do they email us, David? At thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, all nine characters, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. We also have an email distribution list that uh, one can get added to. So you want to make sure you let us know to add you to our email distribution list. You don't want to miss out on all the fun that is still yet to come. So, David, what are we going to talk about today? Well, it is our Memorial Day tribute, so we will be talking about various um, Memorial Day-related items. No surprise there. Uh, as I like to call them, origin stories. So we'll have our Memorial Day origin story, as if Memorial Day was a superhero. Also, we will talk about um, the United States National Cemetery System. And also, Memorial Day is the unofficial start to summer, so we will have some summer topics, things to do, our, our ideas, David and Brenda's ideas around that. And then our words of wisdom today is a, a special tribute that is, again, Memorial Day specific. Before we go any further, we want to give a special shout out to those in the U.S. military 
that's listening to us here in the U.S. and from overseas as well. So thank you again for continuing to listen to us and thank you for your service, not only to you, but your families and civilian support groups that are with you. And with that, I believe we're ready to start the show. Let's get going. Memorial Day is May 27th, 2019, and it's a holiday for those of us in the uh, United States. As mentioned in our intro, it's the unofficial beginning of summer also from a U.S. perspective. Now, is it really unofficial? I like to think of it as the unofficial, official start of summer. Well, it's, it's not the start of meteorological summer or summer as uh, marked by the seasons and the calendars. Summer, summer doesn't really begin until around June 20, 21st, 22nd, depends on the year and what's going on with the rotation of the Earth. Right, and that's why I call it the unofficial official start of summer. <laughs> well, it because, can't be unofficial. Official. Yeah, it's unofficial official as far as I'm concerned oh. because that's when... Folks are going to start to hit the roads and travel, and it's going to, even going to start to get hot on the calendar. So, yeah, the official calendar start date of summer doesn't come until June. But as far as I'm concerned, it's the unofficial official start of summer this weekend. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. That said, we have to get past Memorial Day to get to your summer, official or unofficial. And Memorial Day is one of these holidays that, from my, my perspective, is very misunderstood. And wanted to take some time to get into the origin story of Memorial Day and what it's really all about. Yes, and it, it is a misunderstood holiday. And it irks me to no end when I hear certain things about Memorial Day. Yes, first of all, Memorial Day is not Veterans Day. So Veterans Day, that is a national holiday set aside to honor the men and women who served in uniform. That is not what Memorial Day is. Memorial Day exists to honor the men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. And it's specifically observed as the last Monday in May. And there are reasons for that, and I'll just touch on this real briefly. Um, the, unof to use your term, unofficial official Memorial Day, the first one, was May 1st, 1865, when um, freed slaves, freed African slaves, gathered in Charleston, South Carolina, to commemorate the deaths of the Union soldiers that fought to free them. And... There was no internet back then, so it took a while for, for the fact that this had happened and um, continued to happen at least for one more year to reach back into the, you know, quote-unquote north, the, the heart of the Union territory, so that by May 30th of 1868, that was declared Decoration Day. And it was declared Decoration Day by a, a Union Civil War hero, General John Logan, who at that time was the um, head of what was called the Grand Army of the Republic, which was uh, like the first major veterans 
uh, group. And there was no VA or anything else. So you could kind of think he was like the unofficial, since we had this unofficial official, head of kind of like the VA. You could think of it in those terms. It wasn't, but think of it in that those terms, 19th century style. So he declared May 30th as Decoration Day. And the point of that was for, for folks, families to go and decorate and clean up the graves of fallen soldiers. And we're talking Union soldiers here. Uh, lay flowers, wreaths, and so on. And that was, you know, the first time there was major recognition around what would later become Memorial Day. Decoration Day became very popular, so you had lots of different state legislatures. After 1868 and up and through the early part of the 20th century, make state holidays around Decoration Day. And um, eventually the federal government took notice of this and you got your official Memorial Day holiday past May of 1971 during the um, Nixon administration. Nixon signed it into law. Congress obviously passed the, bu the bill to make that happen. So because it was originally called Decoration Day, that's where all the laying of flowers and the wreaths has come from um, when, it, when we see people at the various cemeteries laying flowers and wreaths. Including at Arlington, where the president, whoever the president is at that time, they have a ceremony at Arlington um, National Cemetery. So yes, that is where that comes from, exactly. Now, Memorial Day, is again, because it had been Decoration Day on the 30th, it moved, when it became a federal holiday, one of the kind of side effects is that all federal holidays are, have to create a three-day weekend. So it became the last Monday in May, which so could you, be a variable date. So are you telling me all federal holidays are on a Monday? Um, pretty much, except when you get to like um, Christmas and things like that. But the federal holidays, and those don't count per se because of, I, I think because of the tie-in around Christianity and religion. But yes, Federal holidays create three-day weekends for them, with some exceptions. I like never you have, that. Like, because you have November 11th, which is uh, Armistice Day everywhere in the world and different holiday in the U.S., Veterans Day here. Again, I had never thought about every federal holiday being on a Monday, but... Being an Army brat, I could tell you, because now that I think all the about school it, holidays. All of the holidays <laughs> seem to occur on a Monday, so... There was always a holiday, at that least one every month. That explains it. So we've, you've explained that federal holidays always occur on a Monday. So right. explain to me Which why. was an unfortunate side effect okay. with Memorial Day. All right. So explain to me why people go around saying Happy Memorial Day. Well, this is why. I, in my opinion, what, where this came from. Because it, you created a three-day weekend... And the U.S. is a, an uber-capitalist commercial society. Over time, you, you have all these Memorial Day sales and everything else. Plus, there, think about what holiday, how long are the holiday periods between um, the major holidays before you get to Memorial Day? Because not everybody works somewhere where they observe, say, like Good Friday, Easter, and so on. Um, and in fact, there are even less companies today that observe it. You, they might give you days and people could take them off those days. But that's where it became kind of like a major holiday. People would go barbecue, cookout, family gatherings. And over time, 
the true meaning of Memorial Day has gotten blurred by just commercialism, families wanting to get together, which is a good thing, and then people just want to have a good time at the beach or whatever. And again, I blame this all on the fact that you create this three-day weekend and it wasn't a major holiday for a, a ton, tons of people between, really, Christmas and Memorial Day. Well, if you for want, most people. If you want to say um, Happy Memorial Day, then say Happy Memorial Day weekend, I guess. Because then on Saturday and Sunday, you could do that, go to the beach, take advantage of sales, whatever. But on Memorial Day itself, don't say Happy Memorial Day because there's nothing happy about losing a, a loved one. Precisely. It's, it's completely inappropriate, and this is always, and I know even within the military, military-dependent family, you know, actively retired, this is up for debate. But I'm one of those people who's like, Happy Memorial Day is completely inappropriate. Because if you have a friend and their, their mother died, you wouldn't say to them, Oh, gee, you know, have a have a happy funeral and burial, you know, have a great, wonderful repast. You didn't say that. It doesn't make any sense. And it's the same with Memorial Day. It's just to go around saying happy Memorial Day, especially if you end up saying it to somebody who actually lost a loved one or a friend or whatever, you know, in, in, um, in combat. It's just, I think, the wrong thing to say. Your compromise of happy Memorial Day weekend, that makes perfect sense to me. But... You know, the phrase for Memorial Day is really, you know, remember and honor, or honor and remember, whichever way you want to go with that. And that's really what it's for. Now, Congress recognized in the year 2000 that Memorial Day, the meaning of Memorial Day had kind of gotten lost. And what they, they passed the National Moment of Remembrance bill or resolution in 2000. And it asks Americans to pause for a moment of silence and reflection in honor of, you know, the fallen, fallen military. And this is supposed to happen at 3 p.m. local time every Memorial Day. Again, just like with a lot of things with Memorial Day, I'm not sure how, how I'm not sure very many people know about this. Oh, I and don't, the media never really talks about I this. I don't think there are a lot of people that realize this should take the time to pause and honor at 3 p.m. On, on Monday, Memorial Day. So um, I hope that our listeners, especially those here in the U.S., will take the time to pause and honor at 3 p.m. on Memorial Day. Pause, honor, and remember. We're and, gonna, we're, and, it, and if for some reason you can't do this at 3 p.m. on Monday, um then I would say do it at whatever time that you can do it. Right. The whole point should be pause, honor, and remember. Right. And in the spirit of those of you who listen to our Sweet 16, Episode 16 podcast, you know we had words of wisdom from Kid President. And in the spirit of Kid President, Brenda and I are taking it on ourselves to try and get folks across the nation to understand what Memorial Day is about, and pause, honor, and remember. And we're going to start with you, our loyal podcast listeners. Just take this forward, tell two friends, they'll tell two friends, and we can get this thing done across the 300-something million people in the United States. So that, you know, within, I would say, hopefully a couple of years, this is 
no longer a big deal. And at least people will do those things and then go about enjoying the rest of the Memorial Day weekend. This is not a communist country. So we don't want Memorial Day to be like in a lot of communist countries where they have these, you know, days of remembrance to whatever fallen or the like, and it's just some sad, somber, crazy day. We, that's not what we're calling for. We just want that moment of silence, just like Congress saw fit 19 years ago to enact with a resolution. Remember and honor. Now, David, tell me about the 147 national cemeteries in the U.S. I didn't realize there were so many. A lot of people think that they may have heard of Arlington National Cemetery, which is in across the Potomac River from D.C. and Arlington County and so on. And they, they may think that that's like the one and only national cemetery. And again, the media acts like that's the only one. But as you said, there are 147 national cemeteries in the U.S. Well, I think and this is a great you-should-know topic. Absolutely. And just to start, let's define what is a national cemetery. And a national cemetery is a cemetery that, for the most part, is generally a military cemetery. Contain me. It contains the graves of U.S. military personnel, veterans, and their spouses. And in some cases, um, disabled children and, and very young children of, of um, active duty military as well. And you also have special national cemeteries like Arlington National Cemetery that have the graves of important civilian leaders and other national figures. So, for example, uh, I'm JFK, John Kennedy, President Kennedy, is buried in Arlington Cemetery, as is um, uh, his brother Robert Kennedy, and more recently, John McCain, Senator John McCain, is buried in, national, in um, Arlington Cemetery. Now, when you say U.S. military, you mean the five branches of the military, which yes. would be the Army, the Marines, the Navy the Air Force, and the Coast Guard, correct? That's correct. All right, so the National Cemetery Administration of the United States Department of Veteran Affairs, how many of these cemeteries do they maintain? Uh, the VA, through that agency, maintains, um, maintains, manages 131 of the 147. And they also have the, the nationwide gravesite locator, which is where one can go to find where um, a military veteran is buried. So if you have a relative or a friend, a buddy, battle buddy, you don't know where they're buried, but you know they're buried in some national cemetery, as long as it's one that the VA man managed, you can find and locate them. I don't think the locator works for the other, the other ones. Now, who maintains the two national cemeteries at Arlington National Cemetery and the United States Soldiers and the Airmen's Home National Cemetery? Well, those are the two special, as I call them, special national cemeteries. And the Army, or the Department of the Army, to be more specific, more Washingtonian, official Washington about it, they maintain those two um, cemeteries. And now... The Army also, and this is where you get into confusion as well, 
The Army maintains 39 other cemeteries that are not national cemeteries. And these are cemeteries across the United States, and they have what they call the Army National Military Cemeteries um, Department within the Army that manages those. So these are cemeteries like um, uh, you might find at Fort Benning, Georgia. So there's a military cemetery there. That is not a national cemetery. That is a cemetery managed by the U.S. Army. The rules are kind of sort of the same, though, as far as who can get in. You're talking um, active duty, military, and their spouses, or um, retired veterans, their spouses, and, um, again, small children dis and, and disabled adult children, dependent adult children uh, as well. That's pretty much it. I don't know of any... Army, one of those army cemeteries, it's not a national cemetery where you have uh, important civilian leaders and the like in them. It's all, all um, army. The National Park Service, to make it even more confusing, they maintain 14 cemeteries across the United States. And these are cemeteries that, as, as you might think, are historic sites in battlefields and the like. So Gettysburg in Pennsylvania. National Park Service manages... Um, not just the National Park there, but there's the Gettysburg Cemetery. They manage that as well, as an example. One of those, that's one of the 14. And overseas, outside of the 147, there are 24 American military cemeteries and, and or memorials outside the U.S. And these are maintained by a public-private kind of partnership thing. American Battle Monuments Commission. Um, they're based in D.C. They got a .gov web address, but they're not really technically part of the government per se. That's my understanding of it. And they maintain those cemeteries. So what am I talking about? Cemeteries like the one, if for those who are around during the uh, 50th, um, was it the 50th anniversary? The 40th anniversary of D-Day, when Reagan was at the, um, they had the big to-do in Europe at the time at the, the cemetery there. That, that cemetery is maintained by these folks. The um, um, Manila uh, American Cemetery that's there, and that's probably not the correct name for that, but it's um, a, a major cemetery in Manila where you have tens of thousands of Americans and the Filipinos who fought along with them in World War II are buried. And fun fact, kind of, sort of, fun fact is that that cemetery, which I've actually been to and visited, when you go there, you look at it, and it looks a lot like the memorial that you see in um, Hawaii for the um, uh, the Arizona, as well as other military memorials with the the round shape and, um, and they're not obelisks, but it's a basically stone round structure and carvings uh, that are the memorial to whatever happened there. Everybody stole that idea from the Philippines. That The Philippines was the first to do that. And when you're there, it's a massive, massive cemetery. To walk around and read all, which I stopped about half of them. But the, it is a history encapsulated very briefly of not just the Filipino um, campaign against the, with the U.S. and Japanese and our allies, but the entire campaign against Japan in Asia. I mean, they talk about stuff that you don't even see in history books, per se. And that's, you know, things that were going on in Burma, fighting around the Himalayas, Tibet. I mean, it's astounding. And that's why the numbers 
are, are, are so high. There's fighting down in Australia, near Australia, those type of things. So that's, that's that other group that maintains things. Now, do these cemeteries also have crematoriums? Because not everybody wants their physical bodies buried, but some people choose to be cremated. So, do they? I don't know if they have cremate. I don't know if they cremate there, but they. But you, I do believe there are crypts at some of these. So if you have ashes, they might be interned in a crypt there at some of these cemeteries. What do we have here in Southwest Ohio? There is a national cemetery in Southwest Ohio. In fact, in Dayton, the Dayton National Cemetery, and it is one of the VA maintain cemeteries. In fact, it's located uh, 4400 West 3rd Street, downtown Dayton, near the VA. And I forget how many acres it is. And they have a monument there that's a monument to um, essentially Dayton Union soldiers uh, that fought there. It's like an obelisk kind of monument. It's actually cool looking and the like. Which brings me to the point. The, originally, the national cemeteries were all for after, after the the, the, the act that started it was because of the um, Civil War, and the national cemeteries were there for Union troops and the like. Some of them eventually opened up and also allowed, and we're talking, you know, many decades later, allowed for Confederate troops to be buried there as well. I'm not sure Dayton's one of those. I think Dayton and everybody there was originally Union, and of course now we're talking just regular United States Army. I don't know if any Confederate soldiers are buried there or not. I, I would doubt it since we're talking Ohio. Well, I think it's a great thing that we do here in the U.S. to pay our respects to soldiers that have given their lives, whether in service or once they are retired and out of service, that we have burial grounds for them and we can go and visit and pay our respects. Right. And and a lot of them, like in Dayton, you'd have to go look and see when they're open. The one in Dayton is open seven days a week, 365 days a year. And the gates are open from dawn to dusk for visitations. So anyone can go in and um, you don't have to get any kind of reservations. It's free. And you can go and pay your respects. And in fact, on Memorial Day, all of the VA-managed uh, national cemeteries are having various Memorial Day ceremonies at 11 a.m. local time. And that includes, you know, up, up the road in Dayton for us. So, again, remember and honor. Memorial Day, the unofficial start to summer. No, Memorial Day weekend is the unofficial, official start to summer. I see I'm not going to win this. No, you're not so. going to win this. Unofficial, official. <laughs> However you want to look at it, unofficial, official, or unofficial, summer festivals begin Memorial Day weekend. Typically, every large city or mid-sized city has something going on this weekend, including some, you know, taste of, fill in the blank, or they'll have them eventually, you know, May, June, July, that type of thing. And this runs until the 
unofficial end of summer, which is Labor Day. No, the official, <sighs> official end of summer, which is Labor Day. Anyway. That's right. Anyway. There are also lots of music concerts and the like that happen and festivals that recur each year. Uh, too numerous to name. You have to look at your, go on the web and look at your local cities and the like and see what's happening. And there will be tons of things, you know, every weekend pretty much. But here Which, in Southwest Ohio, we have a big um, music festival that goes on that a lot of people come from all over the country to attend. Yes, the Cincy Music Fest, sponsored by Procter & Gamble. That and runs. That gets into... <laughs> I have to get the sponsored in. That's yeah, part of the name. <laughs> that gets into vacations that would be occurring throughout the unofficial official summer vacation timing. Um, you have, like I said, the Cincy Music Fest. And that draws over like 80,000 people. I think last time in 2018, um, they had like close to 90,000 or 90,000 people that attended the, um, I believe it was a two-day festival. Yes, two, well, it's three days now because they count the Thursday. Well, yeah, that's right. So Three-day festival. It's Thursday, it starts Thursday evening and then you have Saturday, you know, Friday, Saturday. Um, which is kind of back to the future, because it used to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. When we first got into the area, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, but it's, they a, had the, the it's gospel a big piece. festival, and it draws a yes. lot of people to Cincinnati. And it's the biggest It's the biggest moneymaker for the city. Yes, it is. As the Tourism Bureau would, would will tell you, and they have the stats on that. So that is a vacation kind of item that draws people to this area. Right. Um, there and are other vacation items out there, too. Exactly. So, I mean, every region they have, you have your amusement parks, obviously, and and um, there are other music festivals. Another another big one is, like, you know, Essence down in, in New Orleans and things oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that, is a, that right. is a big one. That's a big one, and that, there, there are tons of them out there. Again, your, your mileage may vary. So there are lots of vacations where, and we define vacation the same way um, AAA and the like define vacations, and that's you go more than 90 miles to get somewhere. Now, if you're going more than 90, 100 miles away from your home, then you're in vacation time. And vacations don't have to be limited to in the U.S. I mean, you can go outside the country as well. I mean, Paris is a nice place to vacation. Yes. So yes. with England. Yes. As well as you could get to, you know, other other areas. Um, uh, Africa, safaris are always a good thing. And because Africa, you got the split equator, you can, you can go pretty much um, any time of year. But a lot of people go there for safaris where they go to Western Africa to see more, I would call, historic items. Such as the um, the uh, door of no return, things like that, um, that were the beginnings of the Middle Patch Passage and slavery and the like. So, what about staycations? What is that, by the way? Well, that's as I said. If you if you're not going more than ninety miles, then or or an hour and a half or something, then it's considered a quote unquote staycation. So, staycation doesn't mean 
you know, you're in your neighborhood, your block, whatever. It essentially means, for example, here, um, drive from here to, say, go look at the, um, the sign museum. And yes, folks, there is a sign museum, and it's here in Cincinnati. So things like that. Or, or if you live in this area, or you want to take an actual vacation to this area, going to the Cincinnati Zoo, one of the world's best zoos, is also on the staycation vacation list. Exactly. So, other ideas, and this is one of one of mine that I would throw out to people, which is which is kind of the odd ones is go to you know small town festivals that happen, and uh, one of them that's upcoming that is is ubiquitous this time of year is Strawberry Festival, and you can Google this, you will find that just about most states and areas that have produce, will have a strawberry festival. And the reason for that is um, the, the settlers here found out through the Native Americans that once you get through the harsh winter months and the like, strawberries are the first produce that comes out of the ground. And, that, and they, mean the Native Americans, had a, you know, big ceremonies festivals around that but the festival is probably not the word they would use, but they had had that around there. And they also named the, the, the full moon, which, by the way, the whole thing about naming full moons, blood moon, wolf moon, etc., that came from Native Americans. That's where the settlers got that. So is that why we have a strawberry moon? Yes. And the June moon is the strawberry moon, and that was named by the Native Americans because, again, that's when strawberry harvest comes in, and that marked... For them, again, getting out of the barren kind of months of winter into the more plentiful months of summer. And um, if you want examples of those, you could watch one of my favorite shows, which is um, Life Below Zero, all about folks who live in Alaska, up near the Arctic Circle, subsistence living, and you can see they spend a lot of time in the summer months getting ready for winter, because once winter hits, ain't going to find a whole lot of food one way or the other. So well, it's the same kind of thing. So strawberries are here, hey, you know, good times as far as produce, as hunting, and everything else. Well, I love strawberries, and when we went to the Strawberry Festival in West Virginia, yum. Yes. Now, oddly enough, and I, and I tried to research to find out why, and I couldn't find out why, the Strawberry Festival in West Virginia happens... In happens mid-May, so that's already happened. But every other strawberry festival in in you know this region as well as across the country pretty much happens in June. That's but I, I don't know why the discrepancy there in time. So, but you know what else I enjoyed doing besides going to the strawberry festival in West Virginia? Loved going to strawberry picking um, farms, like we went to. One in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. And I'm not sure if we went to one in Minnesota or not. Was that strawberries or blueberries? No, Wisconsin was definitely was strawberries. strawberries. Okay. Blueberries was in Georgia. Um, yeah. But, but it doesn't matter. When you can go to these different farms that allow you to come in and do the picking, whether it be strawberries, blueberries, apples, whatever... Um, try to take advantage of that. 
because not only can you get a lot of good produce, you can eat a lot too while you're picking. <laughs> it's very tasty. That's that, your, your ulterior motive there. <laughs> yeah, that's my ulterior motive. But make but sure you have a bottle of water with you so you can rinse stuff off because you don't want to um, eat any kind of pesticides or nothing like that. So. Yes, because organic pesticides are still pesticides. <laughs> yes, so, so you need to be careful if you're out doing picking of fruits and stuff. Be sure and rinse it off before you eat it. Now, I will say if people haven't experienced that, and that's an excellent suggestion, the, the, everybody should go eat, you know, fresh produce. And you'll understand, these, you know, this buzzword, um, farm to table. You see when, you're, when you actually eat the fruit or other produce, that close to coming off the plant, just how different things taste. And I would say unprocessed and much, much healthier for you. But I think a lot of people would be surprised at the difference in taste between, say, a strawberry or blueberry or whatever it is, apples, right, you know, right off the bush or the tree, etc., versus in the grocery store. Yeah, very tasty, and that's all I'm going to say. Yum, yum. <laughs> Now, what about this new thing called a vacation? Yes. If we were doing a segment just on this, that would be under the heading of, of you know, I would just say why, but what's up with that? And vacations, there's a company, I won't name the company because I don't condone what they're doing. Uh, essentially, in this age of social media, they will uh, Photoshop you, your family, your dog, whatever, into say say you want you you want to go to Paris, but you can't afford to go to Paris, so you lie and tell all your friends, oh you're going to Paris, whatever, and I guess you hide out for however long, and this company will then supply you and and you can upload during that time and say, gee, here I am at the Apple Tower, here I am at the Louvre, and so on. That's but, a vacation. But doesn't the lie catch up with you? When your family and friends go, oh, what did you see? What was it like? Especially if you talk to someone who's been there, so they know what to expect in terms of an answer. I'm sure it would eventually, but the people who are paying, and this lie? is a paid service. Why pay money to lie? I, look, I don't understand it. Like I said, I don't condone it, and I don't understand who would would get into the service. If we're going to do a vacation or a staycation, I want the real now, deal. Now, I can understand, and in the, um, the 1980s version, the original version of the movie, Total Recall, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, he goes to a place where it's like a virtual vacation, and they, they do an implant not in, into your, your brain, so you have false memories of you know, going wherever. Going to on a um, no, I don't want that. I, I'm just saying I want to go to that, the real deal. Yes, place. But you know, yes, but you know, to them, but it gets into what's it's like the the matrix. If it's implanted in your brain, then it's real to you. All right, and that's we're for somebody not, who wants to experience that. That we I can are, understand people no, paying for. No, we're not implanting <laughs> anything into either of our brains. Other I didn't than say, I didn't say we are going would do it. to the real place. And vacation. I, I didn't say we would do it. I'm, I know I'm that. saying I could understand I'm somebody wanting it. to do that. It's no. Like, I can't afford to go to Australia. 
But I want to have buy a, a memory. Book. Buy a book. <laughs> <laughs> Read it. This is te- get a get so, a copy of National Geographic. We may Geographic. not be around to see this Read happen. It. Although we might be. I, I you know at some point people are going to implant this stuff in their brains. Like I said, so they have that experience. Buy a book. Go to the library. Read up on it. Do a Google search. Read up on it. But but get a copy of National Geographic. Read up on it. You don't need to do a virtual implant. But there are other ways. But in the future, reading is going to be the same thing. It's going to just implant into your your mind. That's going to be what reading is. You're not going to read. Well, the knowledge we'll, will go into your. We'll get to that in a future technology <laughs> update episode. Yes, we've gone far afield. So we've gone far afield. You, you dragged us out. So, and I'm dragging us back um, to talking about vacations, staycations. One other thing that we need to mention under the staycation vacation um, umbrella, take the time to go to one of the 147 national cemeteries that may be in your area. That would be a great vacation, staycation that you could do over the summer. Enjoy your summer. This week's words of wisdom, in keeping with our Memorial Day tribute, are excerpts from a Memorial Day speech that occurred in 2011, and that speech was given by, now, former President Barack Obama. There will be excerpts of the speech, usually for those um, loyal listeners to the podcast, they know that Typically, Brenda and or myself set these things up, comment on them, and so forth. We believe this pretty much stands on its own. So, without further ado, remember and honor. Thank you to 
Arlington media and to the Obama White House media archive for providing the audio footage you've heard today. And that brings this and that edition 17, our Memorial Day tribute to an end. We hope that you enjoyed this tribute as much as uh, we enjoyed putting it together for you all. And hopefully you have learned something, decided to go and visit a local national cemetery that's in your area to pay your respects to the fallen and those who are buried at the different national cemetery sites. And a reminder, on Memorial Day, Monday, the 27th, 3 p.m. local time, wherever you are, pause, honor, and remember the fallen for a moment of silence. And without further ado, we are going to end at this point, and we're just going to say all the best. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com. Music by Poddington Bear. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and or advertising, please email us at thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.